your host, Hal Shortliff. The show is heard on WBCQ, The Planet, every Monday and Thursday evening, 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. It is also heard on our YouTube channel. Uh, we upload a copy probably within a few days of its airing. Also on Podomatic.com, uh, we have a Podomatic page, and I'm pleased to say that we've been in the top 10 for the last several weeks, and we even hit number one for a few days. So thank you for making that happen. Uh, it is brought to you by Camp Constitution, which, among other things, runs a week-long family camp, and next year's camp will be held in beautiful Plainfield, New Hampshire, at the Singing Hills Christian Camp and Retreat Center, July 19th to the 24th. And one of our instructors is on the line now. How are you doing, Miss Debbie Bacigalupi? I am well, Mr. Hal Shirtliff. If I'm talking a little bit quiet, I'm at a hotel right now in Iceland. And uh, so I'm in a public place right now. But anyway, so happy to be like almost close to home. Hearing your voice just makes me feel so much closer to home after a very long trip to the United Nations Framework Convention on Climate Change Conference, COP25, where Hal, I ran into our friend Greta Thunberg. That's amazing. So uh, I'm sure Greta is packing her bags, uh, and she plans on attending uh, next year's camp that we had invited her and her family. So uh, did she give you her camp application all ready to roll? No, 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 but I missed, I missed, I missed the opportunity to invite her and also invite her dad. I had a uh, several minute conversation with her dad. I identified him out of the crowd. And while Greta was giving her final hurrah and telling the crowd that she's not going to talk about her personal feelings about climate change, but rather that she's going to talk about the science with a capital S. I had the opportunity to uh, talk to her father about uh, their trip and whether or not he's nervous about her safety and protection, how it is unbelievable the frenzy around this tiny little 16-year-old. And when I ran into Greta at COP24 last year in Katowice, Poland, she was sitting one row and uh, several seats over one row in front of me, several seats to the left of me, and she was quite heavier than she is now. Um, plus, she had a bunch of plastic with her, a big old plastic bag. Oh, yeah. Now, year, when you say she, heavy, are you saying a healthy heavy or? Uh... Right. Correct. Yeah. Correct. She... Yes, and so I talked to her father, uh, Sven, I think is his name, that's probably wrong, but Mr. Thunberg, anyway, about her health this year, he says she's perfectly healthy. I I can tell you, somebody who has struggled with um, eating disorders, I can tell you that she is, for a 16-year-old, much too thin as, you know, through the maturing process, so much too thin, way too thin. She is, I would say anorexic borderline anorexic so he says she's fine but you know I also asked him what was it like to drive around in Arnold Schwarzenegger's Tesla while he was in North America and Canada and he said it was fun and I don't know if you've seen the recent video of uh, done by a a really awesome Canadian journalist Uh, his name's Kian Bexty he's like the next best thing we need to get him to Camp Constitution Mm, he uh interviewed or he 
he he followed uh, he found the Tesla that Greta and uh, her father were driving around in, and it is a dumpster. She he is calling it uh, climate. Um, Contra- contraband. She's got plastic all over the car, plastic <laughs> straws, plastic bags, plastic cups. And this video that he did uh, of the Tesla and he shared, then he went around COP25 at the United Nations Conference in Madrid and interviewed people about what do you think about people driving Teslas and, le- and using plastic and they were calling them, you know, planetary villains. And it turns out right. when they found out it was Greta, they were like, no, I can't believe it. Not our hero. But anyway, that's available on YouTube at Rebel News. I it saw that video. So I think you fun. sent me a link to it. So good. Also, and uh, it just goes to show. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, Craig Rucker, I believe, of CFACT, well, uh, I think it was Craig, or one of his people, they were uh, speaking, trying to get a hold of uh, Harrison Ford. The uh, another attendee at this uh, conference in Madrid that you you attended, and there was a big Burger King stand there selling meat, the horror, the horrible meat, red meat, or they course they fry it up or whatever they do with it, grill it, and the place was loaded with uh, climate change participants. Many of them in favor of climate, like 99% of the people there were big climate change advocates, and uh, and and I think he was trying to say, so uh, Harrison, what do you what are your thoughts here? You know, and he wouldn't. He, he said, I'm a vegetarian now. He wouldn't address the issue about the utter hypocrisy. Harrison Ford flying his uh, private plane, uh, you know, um, uh, miles and miles just to get a hamburger somewhere. He doesn't address that jet-setting oh, lifestyle. Oh, I'm sure. No, 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 no. But, but that's what Al Gore says, too, that he's vegetarian. And you know, coming from me, proud to be a cattle rancher in America, that everything we're touching is livestock byproduct. So it's impossible to be vegan or vegetarian. And to hear these climate change uh, fanatic hypocrites say that, oh, I've changed my lifestyle. No, you Mm -hmm. haven't. Mm -hmm. You are still one of the uber elites. Your carbon footprint, Harrison Ford, is probably quadruple, uh, maybe 10 times, 100 times more than the average person per day. So I'm sure. And, you know, John Kerry, I ran into John Kerry. I took some pictures of him. He was lying about, I mean, these guys, before I get into anything too deep, these, these guys who call themselves, you know, uh, climate change, I don't know, re, uh, climate change, what, what do we call? They call us the skeptics and the deniers. I don't oh, know. Deniers, they, right. Uh, yeah, we're the skeptics. I, yeah, I call the them warm, the warmers. I, I call them the warmers, right? Well, that's what they're one of the terms. Okay. Well, John Kerry is so okay. sustainable. Uh, when he he was living, uh, he has a place with his wife in Boston's Beacon Hill, which is one of the better neighborhoods. And uh, there was a fire hydrant in front of his uh, townhouse, and they had it re- removed and put someplace else because it's so inconvenient for the uh, the the creme de la creme to have to park someplace else. So. It, it shows you the uh, and here he was this guy he was a uh, he was uh, a skull and bonesman but here he is uh, back in the late 60s after his tour of duty in Vietnam uh, dressing up in dirty fatigues and going around in fact a friend of mine was in a church when he was showing North Vietnam North Vietnam propaganda films so he's your tep- typical watermelon you know with the old saying green on the un- outside uh, green on the outside and red on the inside. Mm-hmm. Watermelon elite. 
Yeah. But I want to get I, back I to right off. Uh, yeah, so go ahead. Well, uh, I think a lot of people, have, and I'm one of them, that believe that uh, Greta is basically a victim of child abuse, not physical abuse, but mental abuse. She, I think she actually believes this. Do you think she actually believes this type of thing, or is she just a good actress? Yeah, uh, that's a great question, Hal. Um, it turns out that we heard firsthand that the sister of Greta also has Asperger's, and the sister is being set up, and this is not verified, even though we heard firsthand, this is not verified, um, that the sister is being set up to be the feminist face of mm. climate change. So, and, and if you look, at, look up Greta's mother, you could tell that I, I think the father is an actor and the mother is an author, and you just look at the pictures, and clearly they love to be posted online. And um, I happen to meet – so your question is, do you think that she truly believes this? I asked her father, does Greta believe this? That was my, my – I, I got it on film. I didn't get it, him mm-hmm. on film. I, I didn't want him to know that I was filming him. But I did get the conversation on film. It was super loud in the room. Uh, Greta was given the opportunity to speak at a high-level crowd, meaning a high-level event These are all, where all the big wigs are in the audience. And then shortly after she spoke, the youth stormed the stage yelling, um, keep it, things like keep it in the ground, keep it in the ground, and Stolen mm-hmm. land. So there are a lot of indigenous people going back to, you stole our land, um, we want it back, you colonizers, you bad colonizers, um, things like that. You know, people have the power and the power. I mean, they, these these chants have been haunting me daily. <laughs> I, I have to say, you have a lot of courage here. Debbie, you are a courageous lady. Yeah. I don't know if I could stay four, five, six days at an event like that and put up well, listen to all that communist propaganda. I, I don't know it how was, you do it. It was my hat's two weeks, Hal. Two, <laughs> two weeks. Oh, two my weeks. goodness. Two uh, weeks. I was there the very first day. You should get combat second. <laughs> Thank you. And, you know, the, before uh, – so to finish up with the Greta question, uh, on the third day of the conference, December 3rd, I actually skipped the conference and went to a Heartland Institute event. Heartland flew out of the United States, flew people like Dr. Will Happer, um, mm-hmm. Dr. Uh, uh, let's see, who else was there? Tom Harris from Canada, um, Wolfgang Mueller from Germany. Uh, there were quite a few people. I'm I, uh, a guy named a civil engineer, Douglas Pollock from Chile, all these experts in their own field who are saying that this whole climate change, man-made global warming is a hoax, the science doesn't fit it, that the IPCC, the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change, has manipulated and over-exaggerated their numbers. They invited, Christopher Monckton was there, of course. Oh, our own Christopher Monckton was there. Oh, that's great. On December 3rd, yeah, and go have your listeners go to Heartland Institute, go to the YouTube page, and watch. It's like five hours long, but it's worth watching. You will hear from Douglas Pollock, for example, how the Chilean government has made these green regulations so high, expensive high, 
for the people that that is why they're protesting in the street. Don't believe what you're hearing in the news. And so uh, Douglas Pollock ends up in tears because he's, he's so sad for his people and what his government is doing to his people. Then you'll hear from a, a, a young woman named Naomi Zeit. She's German. She's 19, and she's at the very tail end of this Heartland Institute uh, five-hour uh, interviews with all these experts on saying, uh, you know, don't believe what you're hearing in the media. Do your own research. Um, look at the wind turbines and how they're slicing and dicing hundreds of thousands of birds and then and then the bats mm-hmm. that even get near these wind turbines their lungs are too precious their ears are too precious that you know eat the power of the wind turbines the the motion of the wind turbines just kills these animals and you don't hear about it well after you know testimonies like that comes this naomi site and she believes she's 19 years old she is a climate realist and she's getting tons of views right now because she is the only young person I know of who's really looked at the science, was a climate change um, believer, and because that's the education that she has grown up in, and has changed her mind. She watched a Heartland Institute event, and it changed her mind. And so now she's talking about climate realism. She's, so she joined us. She joined us at the Heartland Institute, and then I spent the last couple days with her, too. Precious girl. She is also suffers from her own eating disorder, so she identifies yeah. greatly with Greta. And she believes she is extremely anorexic. I, I can say that safely, even though she has admitted that you look at her and you can tell that she suffers tremendously from an eating disorder, and she is a delight, let me tell you. So put her in mm. your prayers. Put Naomi Sipes in your prayers. Um, How do you spell the last she, name? She claims S-E-I-B as in boy, T as in Tom. S-E-I-B as in boy, T as in Tom. She has her own YouTube. She's German. But you can also go to Rebel News and find her video her interview with um, with Kian Bexty, who did the Tesla interview with um, with or the Tesla uh, reporting on Greta and her family. He's also just to throw this in as a side. Kian also, uh, and he's a millennial. Just he's up and coming. What a great reporter! We'll have to have him to Camp Constitution too. Dynamite, dynamite. But he also, uh, the reason he was uh, covering Greta when she was in Canada in the first place is because it was two days before a major election. And so he identified her as a foreigner coming into Canada to, um, to impact a Canadian election. So he called her out on it. He, you know, was he followed her around and said, "Why are you even here?" He paid uh-huh. 350 bucks out of his own money to rent a hotel room where she was staying, so that he can get into a, a, a you know, like a lounge area to overhear her conversation because he <laughs> knew that what Greta was there for. I mean, this is awesome stuff. That's something I would do. That is something I would totally <laughs> do. But I don't know if I'd have the bravery as Kian did to go confront uh, little Miss Greta and her family. And I only say that because, you know, um, I don't mean to be harsh on her. And, and as a Christian, I probably shouldn't make fun. But, um, but you know, I mean, this stuff is so serious and heavy and, and doom and gloom for our future unless we can stop it that, 
you know, I'm adding a little brevity to it to, uh, so I don't get too serious. You know how serious I get. But anyway, he was able to confront her. Now back to Naomi and her, her assessment of, of Greta. She believes that, that Greta is in a bubble. She's caught in this bubble of doom and gloom indoctrination called man-made anthropogenic climate change, climate emergency, climate crisis. She thinks that Greta means well, that Greta yeah. is, is surrounded by this, uh, I'm calling it propaganda from COP25, propaganda from the COP conference called, I'm now naming, dubbing propaganda. There is so much propaganda out there about these COP conferences, convention of parties. We're at the 25th one, even though this one is dubbed a failure here in 2019, they are gearing up for next year, big time. And here's what I think we're going to see over the next year. We are going to see young people and Greta leading the charge. She just got person of the year. Greta leading Mm. the charge they see these things, this, their, their rhetoric fizzling out. They're nervous about next year's presidential election. The Democrats need Trump impeached so that they can keep us in um, the Paris Agreement. Paris, yeah. And that, yep, and so, so much how rides on this presidential election. Now, mind you, in four years, so let's say Trump wins, and, and hopefully, prayerfully, he wins again, um, because it's yet another four years that we have a chance of saving our country from this doom and gloom nonsense called massive regulation, fines, fees under climate change and, and climate legislation and fundamentally transforming the United States of America into part of the EU under this global governance system to save planet Earth from human beings and, uh-oh, water vapor, since water vapor is the, <laughs> the biggest the greenhouse, greenhouse gas. gas. That's right. <laughs> oh, more my abundant gosh. You know, I could, oh, my gosh. You know how just interviewing some of these young people um, on, on what is the biggest greenhouse gas, they cannot identify it. They don't even know, and yet they keep saying, oh, but the science tells us. I, I now you mentioned uh, you mentioned that Greta gave some type of scientific dissertation. Uh, I haven't really heard anything from her that was, she has any understanding of the science. Uh, she's just regurgitating, you know, what she's heard. Uh, so does she have any? Is she some type of researcher that? Uh, well, I think she's just reading articles from the various left-wing sources that are promoting this. I don't, you know, this is the big question for me, and thank you for asking that. I don't know if she has, um, what is it called when you can, you can, uh, you picture something, like you read something and it, it just is like emboldened in your brain. What is that a called? A photographic memory. memory. I yeah. don't know if she has, she's, she has Asperger's, which means she has probably some OCD um, symptoms, right? And you know, mm-hmm. uh, like Naomi Sipe, she she has a bit of OCD, but she's super smart, smart Naomi. And so is Greta. Naomi, when you listen to her speak, she is brilliant. She is calm at 19 years old. She is a fantastic communicator. Greta is too. She's phenomenal. I witnessed firsthand uh, as part of press, I got into her big speech at the end uh, where she was talking science. 
I'm not kidding, Al. I could have spit on her. I was that close to Greta. Mm-hmm. And, and actually, I had several interactions with her um, at least three times. I ran into Nancy Pelosi. I asked Nancy Pelosi. I mean, I was getting close to people. Al Gore shook my hand. Um, <laughs> the many, um, thanks and you'll never watch it again, I'm sure. Show. <laughs> but, you know, even people were like just going, and I, you know, I know God is putting me at the right place at the right time. Um, many people have, are, you know, like from C-Fact and Heartland and, and, uh, and New American Magazine, we're going, oh, my gosh, Debbie, it's amazing how close you get to the, these people. You are, like, always at the right place at the right time. And mind you, there's 25,000 people plus at this conference. Wow. But somehow, you know, I just happened to be at a place where I was getting free food, for example. And at the end of the day, and I'm like, I need food. And and all of a sudden, I hear, oh, well, before Al Gore comes in the room, and I'm like, what? So I'm like, okay, I better pre- be prepared. He's going to come in. Where is he going to talk? He's probably going to be at the front of the stage. So I make my way to the front of the stage. But the same thing with, um, you know, uh, with Greta at this this very unique press conference, press opportunity where the press got to get really close to her. Otherwise, they have to race and they have to push each other and push the United Nations police and the United Nations police are being are pushing you. I know because I got pushed myself. They're very uh-huh. aggressive when it comes to Greta. It's unreal. It's like she's a movie star. People are crying around her. They're yelling, <laughs> don't, don't push her. Get out. You know, it's just it's, mm. it's a crazy frenzy. It's unbelievable. It's like it's not, it reminds me that well, I was. I was a little boy back then, but the Beatle, when they first came to the United States, these girls were passing out at their porch, you know, and it's all, it seemed to be all, this, it's all manipulated. It's, I mean, she's a, yeah, she's a smart little uh, young lady, 17 year old now, uh, but what's the fascination with her? You know, it's, she's just, but she's totally created it's by bizarre. the, uh, by the mass media, by the corporate media and the, it's the bizarre. UN and all of the folks and behind people, her. Yeah. Yeah. And people are saying Greta for president. You know, another re- another place where I got pretty close to her, too, this was quite, um, um, I don't know, bizarre. I, I On Friday, this, I think it was the 6th, December 6th, there was a great big climate change march. And while the local police, I, I mean, they set up for this thing in Madrid, all, the major street, um, Calle de Prado, or Del Prado, one of their major, major streets, was shut down. And so I was there, and the local police say there were 15,000 people in protest. It was way more than that. It was at least three miles long this March. It started at 5 p.m., 5.30 p.m., somewhere in there in Madrid time, and it didn't end until after 11 p.m., and I, well, I mean, I'm not kidding, Al, how I was walking with the protesters, taking video with my press pass. So I was, you know, up close and personal to all these people. But for, you know, that straight five and a half hours, I didn't stay till 1130. I, at like 10 o'clock, was like, I'm out of here. I've got too much, you know, work to do for covering the conference. Mm-hmm. So, but anyway, you know, it was wall-to-wall people, if you will, or street-to-street people. You could barely move once you got to the end of the protest. You could barely move. And it was everything from chanting to people playing music to big banners to costumes. I mean, it was like a parade. 
but a parade full of so many people that there was pushing and, and it was pretty. I mean, at the same time, you've got all the Christmas lights of Madrid. And so it was just, and it was a cool night. It was just, you know, surreal. It sounded like it was unsustainable. (laughs) It must have been an incredible carbon footprint of all that humanity there. I don't know. Perhaps. But anyway, at the end, it was like everybody funneled in and got squished together because at the end of this, you know, this, they say five kilometers of, of protesting was a big stage. It was a huge stage, and their local famous actor who was in uh, no, uh, no, no Country for No Men or something like that, whatever that movie was. No Country for uh, Old Men, that yes. Right? No yeah. Con- yes uh-huh. Okay, and the killer, I heard the famous Madrid actor was the killer in that movie. He got up on stage and was saying stupid Trump um, in Spanish. He was calling him stupid Trump and uh, stupid, his, stupid to his mayor. And then, By the way, uh, so the, the man who starred in that was the man who starred in that movie is Tommy Lee Jones, who was Al Gore's roommate. I don't know if there's any connection there, but just a coincidence, perhaps. Oh, but, that's interesting. That's very interesting. That's super interesting. Well, this guy, so so there were a lot of performances going on. I had just I I started following these indigenous people who were had started a yeah, fire. It was like some ceremonial thing. And I kind of got swept into, imagine just thousands and thousands of people cramped in, and all of a sudden, a certain group of people who are, are, are given the, you know, the hall, or people make way for this certain group of people, these indigenous people in costume, and they have this uh, small torch that's lit, and so there, I, I got got into that that um, stream, I guess you could say, and now all of a sudden I'm a stone's throw away from the stage. And about 10 minutes later, it's it's like 9.30 at night, and I don't know what's, I didn't even know there was a stage at the end of this and a performance and band. I had no clue at the end of this huge march that that's what, you know, this was leading to. I kept saying, you know, about three hours into the march, I kept saying, when is this thing going to end and how it hit me? It just hit me like a, a ton of bricks, truly, mm. when is this nonsense going to end? When is all this crap and this, sorry if that's a bad word here, I hope it's not, when is all this rhetoric and these lies and these fudged numbers of their science and the science and when is this going to end and it felt endless, even the march felt endless, this feels endless. So to go to the stage, I'm, I'm like a stone throw away from the stage and lo, lo and behold, about 10 minutes later, after I you know, couldn't go anymore, I'm stuck. There's no way I'm going forward, to the right, to the left, or behind me. And all of a sudden, this, this kid in a wheelchair is wheeled onto the stage. And in Spanish, he, well, the only word I could understand, uh, even though I know some Spanish, is Greta. Yeah. And all of a sudden, Greta comes on stage. I've got three cameras. I've got my... Spy camera, I've got my cell phone camera, and I have my real camera, and I'm trying to, you know, get some good pictures because that's my goal is to, for CFAC and for New American, you know, to go there and get as much good footage of, of this stuff as I can. But, you know, I can't even believe that I, have, and they, so Greta gets up on stage and she says, but the authorities say there's 15,000 people, but she, she said there's more like 500,000 people at this march. Mm-hmm. So... Regardless, it sounds I mean, like it, uh, just... it, 
Triumph of the Will, which was the German uh, Nazi propaganda movie, Triumph of Olin, you know, massive crowds and people mesmerized and, you know, this emotional rhetoric and such. That's what it sounds like. Uh, you know, the left is very good at these things. Debbie, we have uh, less than a minute. Um, Rick, I'd like you to be able to share some of the, your videos when you get a chance, when you get back home and have a little breathing space and uh, on our YouTube channel, if that's okay, or uh, definitely uh, in, oh, any, anything you write, we'd like to have you do an article yeah, for our blog. Absolutely. So, uh, uh, I'm not so great at writing articles. I'm not so great at writing ar articles, but I definitely have so much footage. Um, I, I spent my time with the New American Magazine, so be sure Alex Newman is going to be at Camp Alex Constitution. Newman, yeah. So be, yeah, be sure. We, we had a lot of fun together, and he did together. We, we, we worked on some great articles. A big conversation was depopulation at this, uh, at this yeah. conference. Wow. Unbelievable. But, um, and I was able to ask Nancy first face-to-face -face about Agenda 21. So I, I'll send you that video. Of course, she did oh, not yes. to answer yeah. my question. Yeah, and she's the one back with back, you know, the little clip of her from 1992 or 93 when she's trying to pass a resolution at the, at the House of Representatives. That was very interesting. So she's an old uh, She does not want to talk about advocate. it. Yeah. Anyway, she folks. She does not uh, want to talk uh, about Agenda 21. Debbie, thanks for coming on, and uh, I, if I don't hear from you before Christmas, I'm sure I will, but may you have a Merry Christmas uh, and safe travels back to Merry the Christmas. USA, and thank you for your, your incredible reporting. And folks, you've been listening to Camp Constitution Radio with your host, Hal Shirtliff, and until next week, may God richly bless you. God bless you. Merry Christmas. <laughs>